Time to play with pain. Hosted by Emmy-winning comedian and writer Jeff Cesario. Interviewing guests from comedy, entertainment, and sports. Plus, legendary sportscaster Chet Waterhouse. Don't worry, this shouldn't take longer than your average trip to Costco. And now, here's your host, Jeff Cesario. Welcome to the podcast. We're going to be talking the Masters and then some worst gig things with uh, golf writer extraordinaire and former cellmate of mine at the uh, student newspaper at the uh, University of Wisconsin, the Daily Cardinal, the great and wise Gary Van Sickle. But first, Chet, uh, can, uh, can you give us a sports update? I can definitely give you a sports update. I care more about sports. You wouldn't even under. Time for the Waterhouse Update, sponsored by Par Mitzvah, the golf method that'll make a man out of you. The Masters, won by Scotty Scheffler when challenger Cam Smith realized, I look like Tommy Shaw from Sticks. What am I doing here? Scheffler missed two short putts on 18 to cut his winning margin to three and cause a 7.1 earthquake centered at the Caesars Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Rory McIlroy shot a 64 so early in the day he didn't even have to get his parking validated. Tiger Woods finished all four rounds only 14 months after a near-fatal car crash. Me? I saw a wasp at the driving range, and I haven't been back in three years. And finally, Jim Nance still sports that angelic look of someone wearing a catheter. That wrap-up sponsored by Cataraction, the dating app for people with blurry vision. NBA playoffs start this week, so it's finally time to pay attention to the NBA. The Lakers, so old, they napped right through missing the playoffs. Bucks and Suns are favorites, but look out for Philadelphia. James Harden hasn't been there long enough to get bored yet. Sponsored by Curly Ringlets, heavy metal singer, for higher NFL in two weeks. It's draft day, or as they call it in Jacksonville, the day of the miracles. Cleveland Browns giving back to the community. They donated season tickets to Deshaun Watson's law firm. That item sponsored by Can I Get a Fitness? Go to church and work out at the same time with Can I Get a Fitness? And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1874, the place Musselboro, Scotland, Mungo Park, wins the British Open by two strokes. Said Mungo, I finally have the funds to purchase a proper first name. This Waterhouse Update sponsored by Dick Tucker's Women's Clothes for Men. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you, Chet. My guest today, he's, he's, he's so dedicated to... Uh, guesting on the podcast he's pulled off the highway on his way back to pittsburgh from covering the masters in a uh in a what appears to be a fairly nice uh, uh motel hotel near charlotte uh great golf writer great golfer zero handicap uh, he's written for sports illustrated golf word go- golf.com uh, and uh, first time i'm ever saying this an old college friend First time in life, not just on the podcast. Gary Van Sickle. Gary, how are you today? I'm great. I'm still cracked up by Chet. What a what a sports <laughs> cast. That was that was awesome. Thank you, Gary. I much appreciate. All right, Chet, hang on. You'll have plenty of time. 
Hey, that's a compliment sponsored by, uh, let's see. Oh, that one's sponsored by Bananas. The banana guaranteed to ripen tomorrow. Back to you, Jeff. All right. Uh, let's, uh, uh, okay. Before we dive into the Masters, um, you and I were part of one of the weirdest moments ever, which is back when we were writing for the Daily Cardinal at the University of Wisconsin. We spent time to do a, an entire parody of the uh, of this city paper at the time, the Wisconsin State Journal in Madison, Wisconsin. We did a whole parody of their sports section from their lead writer to their columnist down to the bowling agate. We did a, a beautiful like four page parody of it. We're set to run it the 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 night before it's slated to run. <laughs> you suddenly remember this. Right? Yeah, I, know, I know all about this. <laughs> They signed the Paris Peace Accords. It's the end of the Vietnam War. And of course, Madison in the 70s, this is one of the liberal bastions in the entire country. So the next day, the student paper comes out with a giant victory banner across the, uh, the headline, page one, 72 point victory banner. No, and then it, 20 it said, pages. I hate, to, I hate to correct you. It's Go said, ahead. I think it said we win. Oh, you might be. You might be right. And, I, and, and we had a special day. It was in, we had color ink that day, which was a rare occasion. Yeah. I believe it was in green ink. It was in green ink. And I think it said, we win, exclamation point. Yeah. And then I think victory underneath it. And then uh, 20 pages of, of leftist analysis of the victory. And then they still ran <laughs> the four-page sports parody at the end of the paper it was it's the weirdest thing in the world i have a copy of it it's uh it's, it's like we were amazing. working at two different entirely different newspapers <laughs> it was great and i mean all of the stories were good in the sports thing but your your joe Dahmer, uh joe never splits them was the yeah. bowling writer and uh yeah. his weekly bowling column and I don't remember any lines from it, but it was it was brilliant. I mean, that was yeah. There was this. There and, was and the, guys a, yeah. the, the old guys at the newspaper we make in fun of were really really enjoyed our parody. They thought it was <laughs> great, and they didn't want to kill us at all. <laughs> That's right. That this is uh, how far back it goes, and from whence it comes. It was Madison, Wisconsin, nineteen seventy five or whatever, and. Uh, they had a they had a full time bowling columnist named Joe Dommershausen, and uh, we did a parody called Joe Never Splits Him. <laughs> we had you know, uh, we and had you a, did you did who did you I do? did I did the the editor Glenn Miller who was uh, literally one of those old guys who sat in a press box and cheered on his beloved Badgers, <laughs> and uh, you know he had a unique writing style. I mean, you have to give him credit. When you read a Glenn Miller column, you knew who it was. I'm not saying that was good, but he had a style, and there's a lot to be said for that. But, you know, he, I had him saying, uh, you know, he, kept, he, I laughed, I cried, we sang varsity, I choked on my popcorn. That's right. And I kept, you know, I kept, that was my recurring. Uh, that was yeah. My recurring and at, at some backup. point, of, yeah, I believe he I had to be, uh, yeah, he had to be, uh, uh, they had to give him the Heimlich at some point during the yeah, column, if I'm not mistaken. With, we had somebody write a <laughs> Hank Aaron story uh, because Hank was with the Brewers, and it was such a big deal because the Brewers were lousy that everything Hank Aaron did was intensified times. It was like being Tiger Woods. Oh, uh, you're limping today, Hank. Are you okay? It's like, oh, no, I got a 
stone in my shoe. I'm fine. You know, and <laughs> he's seriously, right. he's drinking some water. I'll, have you been seriously dehydrated? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I can't do it justice, but I, yeah. I remember that one too. And I, I'm, I know there were one or two other ones, but that was a lot of fun. I we, think if you we, probably, I think that was our proudest moment. As, and yeah. If that. you search the, uh, uh, the university of Wisconsin daily Cardinal student newspaper, you could probably find it. I think it's from 74, 75. I can't remember whenever the Paris peace accords were signed well, the next day. They, they should, somebody should, you know, digitize that and put it on the web so we can yeah. all, so remember, we can all get a laugh you know, how smart we thought we were. <laughs> right, exactly. So now, how do you get from there to full time golf writer? Which I must say, you seem to have a very, you were the first example of, of laser focus to me because you, you always wanted to be a golf writer and you just immediately went for it. There was not a, a lot of detours, as I recall. Well, I, you know, it's you fall into these jobs. I mean, I, I I actually wanted to be a baseball player, and at some point after two years at Wisconsin, I was on the JV team. I realized I was never going to get to play, so I don't want to have to work for a living. I don't want to get a job. I like yeah. sports. I like to write. Maybe I can turn this into a. You know, you were there. You were looking for what you were going to do. And yeah. uh, so I wound up getting a job at the uh, Milwaukee Journal as a sports writer and did that for a few years. And the golf beat came open and I got on that. So I was doing that. And then I covered the Badgers and golf in the summer. Then I got, when I went and covered the Packers for a couple of years, the glorious Forrest Craig years. Oh, sure. Those were highlighted were- by uh, James <laughs> Lofton and Eddie Lavery in a court case, uh, a rape case. Rape, <laughs> oh, rape, uh, case. And then we had Mossy Cade, who was accused of first round draft pick. And he was a stud, meanest looking guy I've ever seen. What a, like a safety. He was, what a stud. He had tattoos. I didn't know what they meant. And he got accused of raping his aunt. He came back after a night of whatever he did and was a little messed up and she was sleeping in his bed. So I guess he figured, Hey, uh, but wow. the other so guy, is- Lofton and Ivory got off because they used the, the, the never fail defense. Uh, if what was she doing in a parking ramp with us at 3 a.m. If she didn't want it, they got off. But then everyone was so outraged that the next person who did anything was in trouble. That was Mossy Cade. His defense foolishly was, I didn't do it because I wasn't there. They proved he was there. Yeah. And uh, he went to prison for like two years. Jeez. Oh, and then while in prison, he brilliantly said, yeah, I did do it. So then they were considering filing perjury charges. So, he was a, a smart guy all the way around, but uh, wow. Anyways, make a long story that, short. That was oh, your Packer. Late. Yeah, that was that's great. Uh, that's hardly usable stuff, quite frankly. No, no point to even satirize it. In, in, incredibly not usable for the professional golf tour. That level of yeah. experience. Well, you know, so I was still covering golf in the summer mostly, um, and uh, Golf Digest was purchased by the New York I'm sorry, Golf World magazine, a weekly news magazine that was really good, located in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Uh, Golf Digest purchased it. They were owned by the New York Times, so they moved it to Connecticut, and they needed an editor who knew something about golf and who could play golf. They hired my editor, who was an avid golfer, and uh, he took, basically took me with him. So I'm at Golf World, and then after eight years and nine years there, Sports Illustrated started a golf section, 
it was inserted into the magazine seamlessly. You couldn't tell it was added. And it went to like half a million of the 3 million subscribers. So they had to create a staff to produce that. Right, right. So my, the man, the guy, our managing editor got hired away and he took me with him. So then I'm a specialist just doing golf for the last 30 plus years. And uh, SI, as you may have noticed, uh, isn't still a weekly. It, right. Bought by some internet who knows guy. what it is I think now. It's 10 t- I think it's 10 issues a year. And uh, if it wasn't for the swimsuit issue, it, I don't know why these guys bought it, but anyways, it's, it's obsolete. Yeah. So uh, I've been working for uh, so they threw a lot of people overboard because they were going to sell it, cut, cut salary. And I was one of them. And uh, you know, I wind up writing for a, a buddy of mine who had the horse shot out from him under him at golf week magazine. He started a website called morning read. We just did like two original golf stories a day and in, in all the news and nugget form. And uh, SI SI has gone down the drain and SI.com hasn't really been covering golf. So they outsource their golf coverage to us. So ironically, <laughs> you're now still writing at SI again on in SI.com. I can bring back my old business cards, which by the way, when I first got them, they made a, they made a typo when I was, it said, instead of saying senior writer, it said senior waiter. So <laughs> it, you know, it passed spell check, spell check didn't catch it. So I was mad for like five seconds then at, and I thought, this was actually pretty good. I'm going to this use it. Hilarious. Them. It was a great convers- icebreaker. And, you know, 30 years later, people still go, Hey, senior waiter. <laughs> That's great. So, um, and I asked so them from the, uh, from- I ran out, I wanted to get them made that way again. And they said, told them what happened. They, you know, I said, I want to make them senior waiter. And they said, Oh no, we can't do that. You, you did it before. <laughs> so I lost. From the De Pere County courthouse to Augusta, Georgia. What is Let's talk this year's masters. Uh, People like a duel. They want something where there's tension down the stretch. And we almost had it like five times yeah. <laughs> this go round. But Cam Smith kind of stubbed his toe every single time and, and couldn't quite make it happen. And nobody else popped up except, of course, uh, Rory McIlroy, who's, who's way too early in the day to, to really – make enough of an impact to scare Scotty Shaffle? Well, the highlight of the day probably was on 18, Rory McIlroy pulling a ridiculous bunker yeah. shot. And then more Colin Morikawa, who he's playing with, then he did it too. He's like, that never happens. That yeah. was exciting. My favorite part of the day uh, was on the third hole. It's still, uh, you know, Smith has started out birdie birdie. He's now only one back. After right, two, after right. Two holes. The third hole is a short par four. They both hit driver and yank it way left. Smith's over at uh, – he's right next to this pillar that holds up the leaderboard, way left. And Scotty is – Scheffler is – he may have – there's a concession stand hidden in the trees there. They're very good at camouflaging this stuff. <laughs> uh, and it may have hit that or may have hit some people. He, he was in trouble, but because the leaderboard was in his way, he got a free drop, whatever. So, all right, this is going to be – this could be tied up. Well, Scotty Scheffler chunks his little pitch just like we would. It lands on the bank and rolls all the way back down. Like, oh, Smith's going to take control. He chunks he, – it's an instant replay. He chunks his. It rolls back down. The two balls were almost touching. I felt like there should be a hoop and a croquet and somebody should call wow. poison. You know? So uh, <laughs> it's crazy. So then the, Smith has to pick the ball up because they're too close together. And Scheffler hits this low line drive into the – bank up near the top right. people just had time to go oh like they thought he boned it as we say in golf terms no that's what he was trying to do it got up on the green 
the spin took effect. It kind of slowed down and went and went right in the hole. It was a miracle shot. And yeah. the place went just crazy. So yeah. I was calling, I, I refer to that as, uh, I think it will be, I'm pretty sure historians will call this moment the pillow fight in the sun. You know, like <laughs> like the duel in the sun with Watson and Nicholas, but this yeah. was a pillow fight. And Cam Smith made a, he didn't do that. He had a high shot and went way by made. Yeah. Ball. yeah. So now all of a sudden Scheffler's ahead by three again, but that was such a, that was such a cool moment. My favorite, there was a girl and her boyfriend there and the girl was talking about, wow, you know, I can't believe you made a hole in one. The boyfriend's like, well, no, that, that was his third shot. And she's well, whatever, but how do you even <laughs> do that? If I put that in my story. It just, the fans are great. But that was, well, it was, whatever. It was yeah, just that's enough where you, you, there was tension. I mean, the one guy has a mullet, Cameron Smith. How do you, and, and he's got some yeah, sort of, he's here, but I don't think you can call it a mustache. There's not enough to call it anything. It's just unshaven stuff. It's, and it's, a, he, is it's awesome. Joe Dirt. It's, he looks like Joe Dirt from he, the David Spade movie. His, because of his mullet, he is, he's built his own brand. So, yeah. you know, I would grow a mullet, but you know, when you're bald, all these guys who have their hair tied behind their heads, yeah, no. bands, it's like, it, it, who are you kidding? You're still bald. No. I'm, yeah. Who cares? yeah. I love, and- I love, I love the guy's mullet. I think, you know, he's just into golf and like fishing. He's a very simple guy. I like him. So these crowds, are they getting a little more expressive? Uh, and is uh, the master's brass sort of allowing that? Or are they still pretty buttoned down? I mean, that's a special place. Does it feel that special when you're there? And do the crowds absorb that? Yeah, it is. It's hard work to get a ticket or get in the list. It's probably uh, what a golf crowd would feel like if there was a tournament run by the government in Red China. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna get out of line because nothing good's gonna happen. I mean, right. what? I don't right. know. But th- they did cross the line this year. There were just too many people there, and wow. I'm hoping it was because they had people who had tickets in 20, uh, 2021 and 20, uh, 2020 and 2021, oh, right? That they couldn't use, and they honored him. I know they did that in the practice rounds because a buddy of mine from Milwaukee had a Tuesday practice round ticket. For 2020. Well, he used it this week on Tuesday and then it, then it rained, got rained out after three. They closed the course at 11 o'clock and they said, well, we'll guarantee you to anybody who has a ticket. We'll guarantee you the chance to buy that same ticket next year. So his ticket's four years old and he can come back again next year. It's crazy. Wow. So I, I think, but there's too many, the lot there were, you know, they never show you like the behind the scenes, like, right. Here's the, here's the men's rooms. Here's the portage on, <laughs> here's the long line of 20 guys. Jeff, there's a guy, uh, I don't think he didn't have a caddy jumpsuit, but he had like a club hat, you know, official. He's carrying this big pole, and on the top, it's a circular sign. It says, gentlemen's restroom. He is there to indicate the end of the line for the restroom. So guys wow. are walking up past this, all those people. Yeah. Uh, so they've got everything down to a science there. It, wow. It's very controlled, and but they don't want you to see the underbelly of, yeah. you know, lines. It's like Disneyland. You, you never yeah, see the tunnels. It's a, it's an aura. Don't break the aura. This is this. It, it, yeah. They want this to be Disney Disneyland for golf. And it kind of is. Yeah. I will say for the first time, uh, you know, you hear all these birds chirping on the telecast and they pipe that in. I hadn't seen a bird in 30 years. <laughs> and I'm in the first hole when Scotty Scheffler's over in the left trees. I'm standing under a, a tea olive tree, which is the name of that hole, by the way. And I looked up and I saw this little tiny sparrow up in the top branch hopped over 
And I thought, that's the first bird I've ever seen here. Yeah. I don't know how they do it, but there are no birds there. That, that bird's bird working harder than uh, working harder than Adele. That bird's yes, singing all yeah. over the course. Adele may have done the voiceover for those bird chirping. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but they so fight now, Does uh, does McElroy's round mean anything moving forward? Seven under, great round. You know, had he shot anything earlier in the week, he'd probably have won or at least put the fear of God into Scotty Scheffler. Um, but, and it's a beautiful round to watch, great for entertainment value on, the, on, on television, but does it really mean anything for him moving forward? I don't know. Everybody wants to think yes, because Rory's such a nice guy and he's fun and he's yeah. so good, but he's got a pattern. You know, after so many years, it's not like, oh, it's an accident. He doesn't play well early. And he plays great on the weekend when he's totally out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he would have had to, you know, he, honestly, if he, if he shoots 60, he still comes up a shot short of, you know, yeah. Shepler's 12 under. Uh, if he would have had to par 18, I think we all think he would have. Yeah. So, uh, it was, it was kind of futile. So the pressure was off. He had nothing. Yeah. Maybe he should play that way, but it's easy to say. I don't know. I, I, I don't think, He's putting isn't his best thing, and, and you, there's no statistic for guys who putt on these really fast, super, really slope greens. You kind of got to have an artist's eye to see this crazy break. Right, You're right. a technician, more thinking about your stroke. I mean, if you, there's guys who are great ball strikers and guys who are great putters. That's who's on tour. And the yeah. best of the, the guys who do the, both of them the best are the guys who win. And I don't think Rory is an artist on the greens, and he never is going to be. So – Right. He could have a week where he hits it so good that he's hits it eight feet below every pin uh, and he could win. I mean, Sergio Garcia and BJ Singh both won Masters and they, they can't putt a lick and nobody ever would have picked him. They yeah, both right. won. They could chip great. Rory's a great chipper. So he could yeah. get one, but I think there's so much baggage here that, uh, you know, a sky cap isn't going to help him get across the line. You heard I'm, it here first. You know, I, I'm going to say no, he's not going to win a Masters. McElroy's through, sponsored by Nugentix, wiener pills directly from Ted Nugent, and Porn on the Cob, Iowa's number one adult store. That's Porn on the Cob. Plus, one of my favorite sponsors uh, there, Gary, Eclectic, a dozen eggs, a dozen different birds. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Chet. Uh, let's uh, brief me, if you can, in concise fashion on this Phil Mickelson Saudi tour thing, because it kind of bled out on a hot news week. And so as it, you know, I kind of follow golf, but general public getting information. It's like what I heard was Phil was essentially saying the Saudis were bad and they nailed Adnan Khashoggi. And then that, and then suddenly he's like out of the tour and he's, He's in incredible hot water. And I know there's more to the story. And I know they were trying to start a tour in Saudi. It's very mysterious to me. What the hell happened there? Well, Greg Norman is the front man, like the commissioner for this league that's got Saudi money and they've got buckets of money. And they're going to, uh, they are got organized now. They're, they've got eight tournaments scheduled. Uh, basically, in a nutshell, let's just say Phil Mickelson was working, was an employee at say Pepsi Coke recruited him to give him a lot more money. 
So he's going to go work for Coke, but he hasn't left Pepsi yet. And while he's at Pepsi, he finds 20 of his buddies who are Pepsi employees, and they're going to go with him to Coke and all work for more money. So that's, that's what he, and so they're, uh-huh. gonna, they're, you know, it's in a way it's just business, but if you're the owner of Pepsi, you're like, well, that's thanks for the loyalty, you jerks. So yeah. that's what happened. Then he, but Phil made himself look two faced by saying, yeah, these Saudis are, you know, you, you use right. some bad terms and you know, they're murderers, right? But the PGA tour is greedy and we should go take their money anyways. <laughs> well, that's kind of a bad look, but <laughs> not a great sales pitch, thing. but here's the thing. The top 30 players in the world for the last six, eight, 10 years, they've all been going over to the European tour events and playing in Saudi Arabia and Qatar every year and taking their, I mean, they've already taken loads of their money. Right. So, I mean, they're all already blood money. They're all already complicit if that's what yeah, you want yeah. to call it. So <laughs> right. uh, it's laughable that why is Phil in trouble for saying what everybody agrees is true. Right. And the PGA tour acts like they have the birthright to run professional golf for the Everywhere. whole planet. Yeah. And this is just a business thing where they've got competition. They don't like it. You know, like Microsoft starts a company. Hey, we're the computer kings of the world. And then a couple of years later, Apple starts. And Microsoft is like, well, that's not fair. Well, no, it, it's business and it's competition. Yeah. It's capitalism. I, yeah. So that that's really where it is. And Phil should have come out before the master, like last, like we could go Friday and come out and had a press conference and explain what he's doing and said it all because then Tiger Woods playing in the Masters, I mean, he blotted out the sun for the media. Yeah. After three or four days of Tiger stories, nobody would even remember Phil. But right. because he's in hiding, the longer you keep a story going, yeah. the worse it is. If you got bad news, like if you're a football coach and one of your players got kicked off the team, just go out there and admit it, get it over with. So tomorrow's news covers up your, you know, in three days, you know, Michael Jackson or somebody's going to do something back in the old days and you know, you're, you're good. So Phil missed an opportunity to kind of take the, you know, get out of his hideout, but yeah. I don't think it's that bad other than he's two faced and he's greedy. Where are the tournaments going to be that on this? Well, they're going to be, the first one's going to be in London. The second one's going to be at pumpkin Ridge in Oregon. Uh, oh, so they're all over the world. They're all over the world. They're not going to be, I thought originally they were all going to be in Asia or Saudi Arabia, but no, they're going to be all over the third. Uh, wow. They're going to have one at uh, in Chicago. There's one at, one of Trump's new courses in New Jersey, I think. Uh, I think there are one or two more overseas. Wow. And I think they're going to have 20 or $25 million purses, which, you know, is a lot considering they're only going to have 48 guys if they can get right. 40 guys to show up. Right. So, right. you know, I'm probably going to send a letter in saying, hey, I know you're looking for guys with two kinds of ability, top 50 in the world ability, which probably isn't me. More important ability you need is, availability <laughs> i'm definitely available and you know hey you could nobody generate- will look better nobody will look better finishing last than me and i'll write stories about it it'll be free exactly press. you can and generate I, meanwhile, press. I, meanwhile i get a couple hundred grand for showing up so it, it's a win-win that one's sponsored by sliver city the lumber yard that's in a hurry and cold slaughter we murder cabbage for a killer side dish why don't you guys talk a little tiger? Okay, all right. Hang on, Chet. We're going to talk. I know you've been waiting the whole time to talk tiger. Now, uh, amazing story. From the waist up, Tiger is uh, uh, Tiger Woods. And from the waist down, he's James Woods. He's a 75-year-old white guy who's limping. Uh, but he somehow pulled this out. It, it is pretty impressive what he did 
And you got to believe he's hiding a lot of pain and discomfort uh, those last two rounds. Yeah, yeah. When you started about talking about Tiger Woods from the waist down, you know, at one point that was a specialty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, a, like just ask the folks like at Shoney's. 122 times. Now he wasn't in. He wasn't at Wilt Chamberlain or Magic Johnson level, but he, no, not he, even he, close. But he got yeah. the he got the waitress at Perkins and his next door neighbor's daughter in his garage up against the wall. So that was that was impressive. No, t- you're right. Uh, <laughs> no need to bring that up now. <laughs> uh, well, you know, maybe <laughs> it's funny. I mean, it's an inconvenience. He's turned story. over a new leaf. He's got a he, girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and uh, he's mature. They- he, he's he's late. You know, he's matured a little later than normal because, look, he grew up like Elvis. Yeah, that's true. And he didn't have a great role model. And, you know, it's you can't even put yourself in the shoes of somebody like that who's under scrutiny from age three. No, no. It's a whole Um, different world. It it was an amazing. A lot of people said, well, I don't, you know, Sunday he's out of it. Why doesn't he just withdraw? Well, because he's trying to prove a point. He's trying to, you know. Yeah. It was an experiment. You know, I I know he thought he was going to do better than he did. Because on Tuesday when he came in, he talked. He was very confident. I had seen him on the putting green Monday, and he was doing all this stuff, dropping balls and putting. He had a Sunday back nine game face on practicing putting on Monday. And I thought, wow, he's going to come out here and surprise us. And unfortunately, Pennsylvania is a state where you can bet on your phone, and he was 50 (laughs) to 1. And uh, You took the bet? It was a sucker bet, yeah. But – even with inside info, you had bad inside, well, the inside info, info. You were watching him. Yeah, yeah, the inside info. I watched exactly. him and I thought, hey, he might. Well, walking the hills was a little tougher. I took a lot out of him and he was rusty. Uh, but yeah. the first day, he 71 was the absolute best he could have shot. He was closer to shooting a 78 than he was a 69. Yeah. And that was the telltale sign like, oh, this is not going to go well. And my number amount of dollars is kiss a goodbye. But yeah. Uh, it was an impressive thing, and he was so nice. I mean, for the first time, I think maybe, maybe the most important thing, I think for the first time he significantly thanked someone else for you know he's thanking his yeah. his team, his his his, uh, his physicians, his right, right trainers, his stat. He never thanked any. I mean, he's he's never shown gratitude really to anybody uh, yeah. of any significance. So he's grown up. He was more open. He was loose. Honestly, he was likable. In the, in the interviews, he was likable. Right. I went through 20 years where, you know, he's like Michael Jordan. He ain't giving you, he ain't giving you squat in an answer. He's not giving yeah, up anything. Right. He's right. His shot is called privacy. How do you think the interview is going to go? I mean, you already yeah. Know. So right, right. Uh, he's and I, I think you know, being a father changed him. And I think this this week the Masters, he's the, he's somehow the sentimental favorite. Never mind that he was a victim of a one-car yeah. accident that right. it was totally his fault. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He was in an accident, and people are rooting for him to come back. He's yeah. sing in golf. He's, he's yeah. the greatest player all time in golf. He doesn't have the greatest record. Nicholas does, but he's the greatest player. And people now love him. And he felt this, this warmth now and in, in this love instead of people just being curious right. and wanting to see him. And I, I, think, I think it made a difference in – uh, he was he he was very pleasant, even though he was hurting like hell. Yeah, that heart wrenching tribute to Tiger guys, sponsored by Jehovah's Witness Protection. Disappear into the warm grip of the Lord at Jehovah's Witness Protection. Back to you, Joe. 
so, so this is a perfect time actually to segue into the new tour because you now have guys a generation and a half younger than Tiger who were influenced by Tiger. This PGA tour now is loaded. I heard an interesting fact on, on Colin Coward show back 20, 25 years ago, there was like one guy who hit it 320 off the tee. That was John Daly. Now there's literally like 90 guys who can do that. And that's not an exaggeration. So um, training has come in. Diet has come in. Athleticism has taken over. You see, there was one guy, Steve Lowry out there, who who looked a little pudgy, who is sort of that's old school. Shane, Shane, uh, Shane Lowry. Shane, Shane Lowry, sorry. There used to be a golfer named Steve, Steve Lowry. Yeah, I remember that. Who also was built a little like Shane Lowry. Yes, they had right? the same shape. You're right. <laughs> Man, so, you're good at it. So that so, but that was it. Everybody else is, you know, if you're if you're not probably somewhere around six foot and built like a whippet, you might not you might not make it on the tour. Well, uh, yeah, the, everything you said plus the last thing, the size of the golfers has been one of the other big changes. I mean, never mind Gary Player who was short, Ian Wilson, but you know Jack Nicklaus and Tom Watson, they're like five ten. Arnie yeah. is like 5'10", 5'11". Hogan, 5'10". All the great golfers were like 5'9", 5'10", 5'11". Now you got Tony Fino, 6'2", and uh, Scheffler is, I don't know, 6'3", 6'4". Yeah. Uh, you get a lot of power from being taller that your swing gets bigger. So I would it would be a great stat to met, compare the, the heights of players from like 1980 to now. Right. It has definitely changed. And all these things have added up to – these golf courses are too short for these guys. I mean, yeah. whoever thought of, I mean, maybe, you know, Tiger was one of the first ones that third hole at Augusta, you know, the site of the pillow fight in the sun. <laughs> whoever thought of trying to drive that green before Tiger came along? You did. Yeah. You laid up with an iron. There was a bunch, you know, now a bunch of guys, that was the best play. Get it up by the green. And yeah. you know, hardly, I don't think anybody got it on the green, but they can hit it that far. So, and, you know, don't forget Bryson DeChambeau missed the cut. He's got a bad been a bad wrist he's the king of the distant thing he's yeah he's got happy gilmore distance i mean he's happy right. gilmore come to life only not quite as humorous yeah. so uh <laughs> you know so now, uh, all this athleticism all these analytics all this quite frankly incredible golf at least on a on a superhero level is it translating to personalities because that's what i'm missing i'm not even necessarily looking you know for uh, for you know, I'm I'm not looking for crazy, but who's the next Chichi Rodriguez or Doug Sanders even or Seve Ballesteros or, or 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 Ray Floyd, someone who can give it, someone you know, snuck behind a tree and just puffed a cigarette and flip, you know, a little <laughs> bit of personality here, uh, or is the tour, uh, as you've pointed out, they're buttoned down, they want it to be, you know the Disneyland of golf is the tour kind of squeezing these guys into a mold or are they just not that, not that interesting off the course? I think there's a little bit of that. The big problem is nobody wins enough for us to get to know them. Uh, you know, good point. I mean, before, except for Scheffler, uh, this Hovland might've won twice and uh, somebody, oh, Cameron Smith won twice this year, but you know, Davis Love was a good example. Remember Fred Couples and Davis Love, same time, yeah. they're in 92, they were hot. 
the, the crowd immediately took to Fred Couples because he looked cool. He hit the long ball. He, you know, they just took to him right away, really more for his look. He didn't really have much personality. Right. In fact, he didn't. Well, he, he was the casual dude. He, he was he the did, casual dude. Davis Love was every bit was effortless. Fred yeah. uh, won almost as much early on, and people didn't take to him at all. And I think it was something as simple as the way he looks. You know, smiling, yeah. I think, is a big thing to attract people. Davis Love always looks like he just smelled bad cheese. Yeah. But the pro- so eventually, you know, over the course of the next, you know, he won 17, 18 tournaments. Eventually he won enough. So we got to know him better. And he, yeah. the public likes him. I think the problem is, you know, Cameron Smith, who is he? I mean, he's got a mullet, so he's got a brand, but he's, he's won a couple times. We haven't, we don't get to know him yet. You, you need to be there repeatedly. Uh, and Scheffler just came out of nowhere in eight weeks, four wins in eight yeah, weeks. So right. I, I think he's going to have a big following, but you know, you're right. Jordan Smith is a nice guy, kind of bland. Jason Day is a nice guy, spills his guts, kind of bland. None of them are like Tiger and Phil, but, you know, Tiger won 82 yeah. times. Phil won like 45 yeah. times, and they were there a lot. And uh, they just yeah. they were willing, you know, Phil was did, did incredible things. So you, you need to have a little more. These guys need to remember this is entertainment. Yeah. People are not watching you because they're interested in seeing a guy hit a ball with a stick. They want to be entertained. Right. They want to have a reason to root for you or root against the stories. you. Stories. You, know, you got to have like, stories. You got to develop kind of a yeah. villain. You know, he's, he's yeah. the guy who's, did he cheat on that? Did he really, you know? Yeah. And then he says smart ass things that don't work. Uh, but yeah, we need some humor. Max, Max Home is a guy who tweets a lot. He's pretty funny. Uh, the guy you would love is uh, he made the cut in the Masters, Harry Higgs. Harry he's Higgs. got that the name. Shane Lowry shape with the gut yeah. hanging over the belt. And he's he's funny as heck. We he he needs to win tournaments so yeah. we can get to know him. Right, right. Uh, quick, worst gig you've had, it, it, and it may be uh, covering golf. It might be it might be from somewhere else in your career. It might even be a summer job when you were a kid. When you th- when when you think about a job that makes you glad you're not doing it anymore, <laughs> or glad you're not at that place anymore, what pops in your head? I'd like to say paid assassin, but I never, never really had that job. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he had much success. Although great you know, cover, I had a, couple, a great cover. I had Golf a writer bad, is a paid yeah. assassin. I had a couple bad assignments at the Milwaukee Journal. One was covering the World Snowmobile Derby in Eagle River. Sure, uh, I remember that. You don't realize that when you you know you go out to interview a guy and it's twenty seven degrees, the ink in your pen is going to freeze. <laughs> So you're not going to be able to write and take notes. Not that, you know, what are you going to, what do you ask that guy? So sure. uh, what kind of tread you got on that thing? I mean, uh, that was a bad one. And they sent me once to cover the national uh, re- retrieval retriever finals or something, you know, oh, yeah. they have, like, dogs go and fetch the birds and do this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'd become like a little bit more of a columnist and they wanted me to go down there and, you know, be funny. And kind of make sport of it. Oh, and I went down yeah. there and it was dead. It's, you know, it's very serious. Business. It's a national yeah. championship. That's not where you go. That's not where yes, you go to make yeah. fun of the event. 
Yeah, you don't want to pull off a, a a daily show attitude on an event like that. No, if it was just a regular one, you could go have some fun. You know, I would I would do, I would yeah. have done a fake interview with the dog or something like that. But it's like I got there. It's like I can't I can't do that to these guys. They're into this. It's yeah. kind of like hey, going Gary. To, uh, that right. Next time uh, I'll have you down when I cover the weak handed axe throwing championships. It's a bloody mess, but it's wild. You'll love it. Uh, back to you guys. Uh, listen, uh, 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 what, what a treat talking again. Uh, we haven't talked in ages. Uh, my guest, uh, one of the absolute best uh, golf writers in the world, Gary Van Sickle. Follow him on Twitter at Gary Van Sickle. And uh, now where can we read that lusty golf pros of yours? The new place is, uh, what's it S- called? SI.com. And then, oh, great. then click on the little where it says golf somewhere in the menu. Click on golf, SI.com. That's fantastic. Gary, thanks so much for coming on. Jeff, it was great being had by you. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Real Jeff Cesario. My album, What Was I Thinking, streaming everywhere. The Play With Pain mugs available at jeffcesario.com. They're up in the uh, corner right around there. Uh, and, uh, and I may be hitting the road soon. I'll let you guys know. Let's see where that COVID goes. If I can slip out, I'll do some dates. I'll go to jeffcesario.com to keep tabs of that. Uh, Chet, what do you got on tap? This weekend, I'll be in Brett Hollow, Arkansas, calling dumpster drumming for almostmusic.com. Anyone got a pair of those aircraft carrier headphones I could borrow? Sponsored by Fluel, Hawaii's strongest cold medicine. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain. <laughs>